everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. This is part two of a two-part interview with Sarah Grace Mech. If you haven't yet listened to part one, make sure you go back and listen to that first. All these different things are going against you when you get off the pill. And sadly, a lot of people get off the pill thinking, oh, I'm going to get pregnant right away. And number one, you really don't want to do that actually because you need to rebalance your body first. But number two, all of a sudden it's been a year down the road and they're still struggling with infertility and they don't understand why. And a lot of women don't even get their period back for an entire year after getting off the pill, which is one of the first signs that you are fertile and can get pregnant. And so... You know, there's just so many things going on that we're just not told at all. And it's crazy. It it actually stems back. So I learned this for the first time too. But, you know, they were trialing birth control for both men and women at the same time. And because of the fact that men started experiencing side effects that were kind of similar to the side effects the women in the studies were also going through. They decided that, you know, men being in the workplace and being the provider of the family can't be struggling with these kind of side effects. And so they stopped (laughs) all research. Yeah. And so basically it was kind of like a power move of, well, women can deal with the side effects because it's their body, it's them getting pregnant. And so it's their job to kind of control that. And that's, and like, when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, you don't, you're just not told any of this stuff. And so, um, anyways, kind of going back to your initial question, it's, you know, you wonder, I, you know, we kind of sit here and I know in my age group now, people are trying to get pregnant and more than ever, I'm hearing all these stories of infertility or miscarriages. And it just makes me wonder, you know, how much of this is due to the introduction of the birth control pills you know, just, you know, a couple decades ago and, you know, what we're just now realizing that it does to our body and we've been taking it now. I mean, some girls are literally put on it at age 10 for acne or for whatever, or to get their periods and get them regulated. And they don't get off until they're ready to get pregnant 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road. Mm -hmm. And that's scary because for that long, your body's, you know, totally cutting off all communication. 
it's when I think about kids, young girls at that, you know, at that age, having their hormones manipulated already, it just, it makes me sick because, you know, I mean, already even to tie it back even further, you know, so many women who have young kids, right? Like girls that are, you know, 10 or in their tweens right now, those women have passed on a lot of hormones stuff, right? That have come through, whether it's the the medications they're on, the foods they've been eating, the hormones that are in the foods. And that's why like kids, young women, I guess, I, I need to make sure I'm talking about females, you know, they're developing so much earlier. I mean, like mm-hmm. I, when I was young, so I'm, I'm 51. I didn't get my period until I was a freshman in high school. And I hear more often girls saying, Oh, I got my period when I was 10 or 11, mm-hmm. you know, like those things just weren't happening when I was growing up. And yet they're happening now at a rate, you know, girls are going through puberty at such younger and younger ages. And that's because of what is coming down from what the mother experienced. It's crazy. And, you know, as somebody who has been going through five years now, I've been on bioidentical hormonal replacement for five years now, full, full disclosure, I'm not saying, Oh God, this sucks. I'm on bioidenticals. Now, what I know about bioidenticals is it's a beautiful thing to be able to take advantage of being able to balance your hormones that way as you get older, because it really makes it completely different. Like you can actually be getting better with each year versus, oh, you know, your libido's gone. You're you're never having sex again. You're just this withered up pile (laughs) of flesh that shouldn't even be on the earth anymore because you're Mm -hmm. past 40. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So bioidenticals are not just when you have a hormone problem, but they, they do balance your hormones. But when I first got my blood work done and my doctor at that time, who's an integrative medicine doctor explained to me why I was so jacked, why I had no testosterone, why I had so much estrogen, why my progesterone was in a really bad place, all of these different things. And he explained, he's like, well, here's what the pill has been doing. You know, all those times that you, you hardly ever got a period. And this was, this is a question I want to bring back to you because a lot of women talk about periods and we hear this discussion about periods a lot in the fitness space with women. And they don't realize like having your period, even though yes, it is painful and we get cramps and we're moody and all of that stuff. It is an indicator of our female health, for lack of a better way of saying it. So many women just are like, how can I get rid of it? How can I not have it? And so they're almost happy when maybe mm-hmm. they've dieted too hard, you know, like they, they've, they've not been, you probably see this a lot with diet, your dietitian clients, right? They diet too hard. They lose their period and they think it's a good thing because they're like, well, that's cool. I hate having my period anyway. But when mm-hmm. you don't have a period or when you have a very light period, like when I was on the pill, it would literally be one day. I would use three tampons and that was it. That's actually right. not good, right? Like, isn't it a better reflection of your female health if you're having like a full flow for lack of a better term? So I'm going to tell you something else that actually is going to maybe surprise you. But when you're on the pill, you don't have a normal period. Like they they tell you that you do and that because you bleed at certain times of the month, but that's just a period pill bleed that is basically just an absence of hormones. So they flood your system with estrogen and progesterone for three weeks of the month. And then they tell you to take these sugar pills and it's basically an absence of any hormones at all that just make you have this like fake bleed, but it's not an actual period bleed. 
and it's not like your body's not ovulating. That's how your body is kind of not getting pregnant at different times of the month when you're on the birth control pill. So if you aren't ovulating, you're not also having a period because it takes ovulation to have a period. And so, I mean, just one other thing that I learned during all of this is it's not, it's a kind of like a, it's a hormone withdrawal or pill withdrawal um, kind of bleed. It's not necessarily your body actually having a, you know, full period like it should be having as a woman. And another like, but, you know, just going back to like what you said in the first place, but, you know, one of the first times or the first time I did go in to get on birth control, my gynecologist was like, oh yeah, like this one you'll love. My two little girls are on it right now and they don't get their period at all anymore and they just love it. And I'm just sitting there thinking that can't be healthy. Like that can't like even like I would even second guess that for myself at my age, but being 10 and 13 years old and not having a period and just loving it like that to me sounds not like it's I like here's the thing. Like if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And for someone to say like, oh, yeah, like just take this pill and all your problems will go away. (laughs) You know, it's it's just it's something that we should be kind of hesitant about. And yet it's sometimes it's, it's scary how we become the society that we, and I mean, that's truly why people like me and certainly a lot of other highly credentialed folks have books, have, have podcasts, because the more we can spread this kind of information, that's when people will start to question things and realize there isn't a pill for everything. And pills, I mean, I think if there was one thing that I could say about, you know, this show and others, you know, I would want people to walk away with knowing pills have consequences. It is, it is not the be-all, end-all. And when you're taking something, you need to have a full understanding of what it does, how it works, what it's doing to your body, what are the long-term consequences. Um, because the more that, I mean, obviously, everybody listening, you're picking up what we're throwing down. If you don't ask questions, you're going to be misinformed and you will have regret down the road because you will, I mean, when I think and, you know, I, I think maybe for the next part of the show, this would be a good segue when I think back to, because we're going to talk about other, you know, other options, because there's a lot of women who are listening to this, who will listen to me. And it's very easy for, in a way, it's easy for someone like me. I never wanted kids. It's easy for me. And I'm also at that phase. I have had a uterine ablation procedure because when I started going on bioidenticals, they needed to take me off the pill. And because we knew I had massive, heavy bleeding um, in the past, that wasn't going to go away. So my doctor recommended this uterine ablation, which essentially this sounds a lot more harsh than it is, but they kind of burn off the inside of your, your uterus and it stops you from having a period because we, we knew I wasn't going to go on the pill, but we didn't want me to have like massive heavy bleeding. So I have not had a period in a long time and Mm -hmm. I will say I don't miss it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I'm also, you know, like, older. I never wanted kids. There's a lot of people who are listening and it's, it's easier for me at age 51 to go, Oh God, you know, looking back at my 19 year old self, I would have told myself, don't ever go on the pill, but let me be real. If I was 19 getting ready to go out and go to spring break and I was in college and I was getting my, you know, sowing my wild oats, like I loved not having to worry about condoms all the time. And that's a poor safe sex message right there. I understand that. What I'm saying is that's just reality for when I was 19. Okay. There's a lot of people when I look back and I say on a show and I say, I wish I could tell everybody to not be on the pill. 
lot of women will write in and I get it. They'll go, what am I supposed to use? I'm married. I just had a baby. I am not in a position to have any more kids. What are the options that are not going to be, again, like you, Sarah, you encountered other hormonal, you know, or synthetic, um, options out there. So when you started looking into that, because I, you know, I think you shared, you weren't at the point where you wanted to have kids yet. What options did you find? Cause a lot of women listening to the show are going to start looking into getting off birth control, but what are their other options if they don't want to get pregnant instead of just using condoms all the time? Yeah. So there's a lot of different non-hormonal birth control options. Probably the most common one that's still you know, a you know a safety net that makes women feel safe at least um, is the copper IUD. Now, there's some risk involved with that, of course, too, with copper. You know, overdose um, or just you know, it typically makes your periods heavier and longer. So, if you already have heavy periods, then that probably wouldn't be the best one. Um, but that's the one that most people are familiar with. It can last, I think, it's like up to like ten or something years in your body. So, it's something that you know, you get inserted and it's good to go. Um, 10 years. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's something, it's something like that, but you can have it removed if say you want to have kids before that. Um, but again, that's like the one that most people commonly know of. Now I didn't want to go that route for a couple different reasons, but you know, I, there's something out there called FAM or fertility awareness method. And that's just a way to start to learn your cycle well enough to where, you know, a couple, a little bit ago, I just said, you know, you can really only get pregnant six days a month. And so learning your cycle well enough and tracking it to where you can learn what are those six days a month where I should use extra protection and whatever that is, you know, condoms being the most common. Um, and of course, pulling out, like that's another one that most people think is actually not that effective, but if done right, it is actually like, I think she cited 95% effective. Now, if your man doesn't do it right, then it drops down to 80% efficacy. So again, that's something that's not in your control. Um, video out for that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, you'd have to have a lot of trust. And if you're not just with one person, then I probably wouldn't do that one. But, um, with, okay, I'm I'm going to ask you a question. Like, I'm I'm seriously, I'm not trying to be provocative or funny, but in yeah. in all seriousness, like, I would think if I was a younger woman who was in, like, um, say I was married and and I was like, I'm going to go off the pill, and I would just, I I'm not trying to be funny at all, and I don't know if you know this, but like when you said that a, a guy who does the pullout method, if they do it right, it can be 99, percent but if they do it, you know, wrong, it's 80. percent If I was a guy. And I don't know, maybe guys know, um, I would be like, well, what's the right method? Is there something or a book or something that would say, here's what you need to do to be, because I would have to imagine some guys are like, I, how do I know I'm doing it right? Is, yeah. Do you know if there's, if there's anything out there that teaches them? And I'm not trying to be funny. No, I know. I actually don't know. Um, and it was 95% effective, not 99, but, um, either way. Um, so I would say definitely look into it. And honestly, I mean, my biggest piece of advice just from logic of what I would think of is to use a condom and practice (laughs) pulling out before you just decide you're going to do that method. Um, because that way you can, you can kind of figure out what it probably feels like before you're like, you could do it in the right timing. Um, but again, like I personally, just as a woman, I am a control freak and I probably wouldn't trust that method. Yeah. Um, but 
So, I mean, there's different ones, but again, no matter what method you use, remember that if you can learn your cycles, it's not that you're having to do this every time you have sex. It's when, you know, certain times of the month that you're going to have to use it. And so personally speaking, I went with the, you know, learning my cycles route. And so I have an app actually that is FDA approved and it comes with, it sends you a thermometer in the mail and everything. And basically you're temperature will spike at certain points of your cycle to show that you're about to ovulate or ovulating, which is when you can, when you're fertile. And so, um, in my app, I take my temperature every morning when I wake up, I just set it right on my phone. So I don't forget. Cause as soon as I wake up and like my alarm goes off to turn off my alarm, I have to take my temperature. And so I take my temperature every morning before I get out of bed and I log it in my app. And that is kind of showing me, you know, when it's starting to learn my cycles as well, there's an algorithm behind it. And That's in the so first cool. month, yeah. So in the first month, it gives you a lot more, they give you green or red days, green meaning you're in the go, like you don't need to use protection and red meaning you could be fertile, like use extra protection. In the first couple months, they tell you to expect more red days in your app and in your calendar simply because they don't, they are still trying to learn your cycle. But in the next, like after like two to three months, then you start to really only have 10 days or less that are in the red, um, that are really like, okay, these are the times where you should probably use like an extra like source of protection. Um, and so it's really cool. And it even like, so like when I'm logging a temperature, it tells me like, and it even says, do you want to exclude this temperature based on being sick? sleeping differently or being hungover. And so those are the three reasons why you'd want to exclude your temperature that day. Um, but then it, like, it asks you like, are you bleeding? Like if you are like, is it a period or is it spotting? did you have sex today? Um, ovulation test. Um, so you can also do ovulation tests or LH tests, which is another way to confirm whether you're ovulating or not. And that's just a simple, I I actually haven't used them yet, but I'm going to do it just as like another way to make this app even more and more um, correct for me. But it's basically just strips you can order on Amazon and you just stick it in your pee and it like tells you if you're LH positive or negative. And so um, that's like a cool thing that you can also log in this app. Um, it tells you to log your sex drive, like everything, and then just like ways you're feeling. And so not only is it good for, you know, when like you just learning your cycle to know when you should use extra protection, but it's just helping you learn your cycles more and like what to expect at certain times of your cycle. And, you know, just learning what, you know, in the first half of your cycle, you're usually that's when estrogen is the highest. So, you you know, more like hit and high intensity stuff, and you're usually more energetic. And then progesterone is highest in the second half of your cycle. And that's when that's more of like the relaxing, making you feel just kind of like more calm. And so more like yoga and walks, and you'll realize that you're more just calm during that part of your cycle. And so, you know, it's just so cool as I'm learning more and more about my own cycle of just everything that our body does tell us if we're, you know, just starting to learn our cycle and not preventing total like our cycle and our ovulation based on taking a pill. And so, I mean, there's even a book called The Fifth Vital Sign, and it talks about how our periods are our fifth vital sign because it really tells us, you know, what, you know, what's going on. It gives us data onto any problems going on, any soon to be problems going on, you know, everything. But unfortunately, you know, doctors are just having us mask that by, 
um, you know, taking any kind of hormonal birth control and they're not telling us all the, you know, bad effects that could come with it. This is, I mean, what you just said as well is something that I've come to start to realize recently, you know, and it's, it's whether it's through hormones or even just understanding yourself from a, a diet perspective, you know, like if you, if you start looking at your body as this machine and it works a certain way, right. And the way that you, if you learn, I wish more people would get into this attitude and I don't know if it's an attitude or just a habit, a practice, whatever, a philosophy of, you know, studying yourself, figuring out like how all of these pieces work together and understanding things like cortisol and insulin and, you know, what your hormones are, what's progesterone, what's testosterone, um, like that. I mean, I was never taught that my whole, my whole life, like when I was ovulating, I think I'm past all of that now, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I never knew, I never knew what any of that was. I didn't, I had no idea. I was like you where I thought all the time when I was younger that you could get pregnant at any time. Mm -hmm. And I think that the more people know both from a wanting to get pregnant and a, I don't want to get pregnant right now, understanding your body more can only be beneficial. But I think even first before that, the most important thing I hope people are taking out of this is the ability to push back when you're seeing your doctor, the confidence that all of you should have to ask questions and to also understand that sadly, you know, sometimes you're going to have situations like Sarah did. I mean, I, I still remember when I first got my blood work done and I went back to my OB because they were the ones that had to do the uterine ablation. And she was arguing with me and just wanted to put me on the pill. And I remember I said to her, I'm like, I had um, an ultrasound with you and you guys showed that I had cysts on my ovaries that were growing and they were bigger in mass and size and I'm bleeding all the time. And your answer is not to like, go get rid of the cyst. It's just to put me on birth control. And she's like, and she said exactly what you said as well. She goes, well, we'll just try different kinds to see Mm -hmm. what's going to stop the bleeding. And I'm like, can't we figure out what's going on inside me? That's making me bleed all the time. Like, but that was never. And and so you have to learn how, when it's time to walk away and maybe look for a better doctor. And I guess that might be a good question to close on considering what you know now, do you are you looking for, for a different type of a doctor that, that is going to help you as you, you know, maybe you get to the point where you're going to want to have kids or, or would you go back to that same OB or would you look for somebody who's more, you know, integrative? What are your thoughts on that? I would definitely go back to a different doctor um, or not back, I guess, but find a different doctor um, simply because I, I'm very much like, so just to give you like a backstory, like, Two years ago, I didn't really care what I was putting in my body. I was never into this like whole, like holistic, natural living. I care about the products I'm using on my body and in my home. Like I just like, for, like sadly to say, like I just didn't think it mattered. And as I've do- been doing more and more research, like you know, I've been switching. I switched out all my candles for diffusers, and I started switching over all my body care and makeup and hair care products for ones that don't have endocrine disruptors or hormone disruptors in it and like things that everything that has fragrances in it can actually be a hormone disruptor and so 
just things that like that that I care about now. And I realize that most doctors don't have that in their mind when they're trying to help me. <laughs> and so I would definitely be going to somebody that's more natural just to help me in terms of, you know, all the different things when it comes to pregnancy. And even just nowadays, like I'm turning to more natural doctors to listen to their podcast. And, you know, Dr. Jolene Bryan, who has a whole book on Beyond the Pill that I would highly recommend to anyone that, you know, wants to go off the pill. Um, But she recommends all the supplements that you should be taking as you come off, or even if you're staying on the pill, things that you need to be supplementing with simply because birth control does deplete your nutrient, your like specific nutrients. And so, you know, if you're coming off, you definitely need to replenish and rebalance. But even if you're staying on for just, you know, the reasons that that's what you just need to do right now, you know, there's ways that you can still at least somewhat try to balance out those nutrients at least. I mean, you're not going to be able to balance out your hormones while you're on it, but you'll, you can do certain things to kind of stop some of the side effects happening. Mm. Such good stuff. Well, I know we are close to your window when I promised I would finish up so you can go because I know you you have to hop. So I know that a ton of people who are listening are going to want to follow you and watch your journey as you've as you progress through all of this. So tell people where they can find you online. And of course, we'll link up to that as well as any of the books that you've mentioned um, in the show. Um, we'll put that all in the show notes, but tell people where they can find you online. Of course. So on Instagram, Sarah Grace Mech, M-E-C-K, and that is where I am sharing daily on stories and posts with what I'm doing in this hormonal journey. I also have a whole highlight bubble, a story highlight bubble on that Instagram account for post-birth control, and it just walks through. I'm saving everything that I talk to uh, talk about when it comes to birth control and my journey. So you can definitely go to the highlight bubble and catch up um, with my journey. And then my website, freshfittheletternhealthy.com. You can find all the different things there from the weekly blog post and podcast to freebies that I offer to everything else. Awesome. And I, I love your blog. I've, when I was looking it up before, it's like, you just have such good stuff out there. So I really, really love what you're doing. And thank you so much so much for being so gracious to come back on the show and talk about this. Um, I appreciate your transparency and all the information you've shared. I know you're going to help a lot of women out there. So um, thank you so much for being back on the show. We'll see if we can get you back here again in the near future. For everybody listening, of course, as I mentioned before, I will link up to everything Sarah mentioned in the show, as well as uh, her website and Instagram and all that good stuff um, in the show notes at thekellyoshow.com. If you have any questions for me on future episodes or on this topic that you would like to see us cover. I'm going to have a lot of great experts and then some real life uh, people like Sarah who are are going through stuff or have gone through stuff and have really uh, great stories to tell about, you know, how they've transformed their lives hormonally. So if you have questions that you want to see us cover, make sure you use the contact me form over at kellyalexa.com. That'll get to our team and we'll make sure that we address that in upcoming shows. So Sarah, again, thank you so much for being on the show. For everybody listening, have a great rest of the week. We'll see you next time on the Kelly O Show. Thanks, Kelly, for having me. Thank you. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you found this interview with Sarah Grace to be valuable. Um, Again, I think you've probably heard me talk about this topic on the show and you know that you know, I'm well past the years. I mean, I've had I've had the uterine ablation. It's not an operation. I guess it's an outpatient operation, if you will, procedure, not operation. Um, So I haven't had to worry about being on the pill for many years. And in fact, um, I'm actually in menopause. So 
there's that as well. So it's been a while since I've dealt with this situation, but I've said this quite a lot, that knowing what I know now and dealing with massive hormonal imbalance and knowing that a huge part of what caused that was being on the pill for the better part of 25, 30 years, in addition to being on a lot of antibiotics and some really bad other medications, um, I always say to women like, oh, if you cannot be on the pill or anything that is going to alter your hormones, do it. But I usually will typically hear women say, oh gosh, well, you know, I don't want to get pregnant and I don't want to be using condoms all the time. I would be the same way. So hopefully this this interview encouraged you. Um, as always, I'm not here to tell you what to do or say that one opinion is right or wrong. I'm here to share a lot of information so that you can do your research and ultimately make informed decisions for yourself and for your family. I hope this was helpful. We certainly will be having a lot of specialists coming up on the show to talk about issues related to being on the pill, um, all kinds of issues for down there keeping yourself healthy, um, and knowing everything you need to know about your hormones. Um, and certainly, well, let's just say everything there is to do with sex, sexual health, um, and so on and so forth. So actually I'm thinking of a couple of guests that are coming up. You guys are really going to enjoy. So thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with your friends that could benefit from this show in particular and the rest of everything we're putting out on the Kelly O show. We put a lot of time and energy into this to bring you great guests. So I hope you're enjoying it. If you haven't done so yet, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. It helps the show get seen and heard by more people who can benefit from this valuable information. And I really sincerely thank you. It means a lot. It takes about two minutes. You can do it from your phone. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next time on The Kelly O Show.